Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of It Starts With Attraction. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing ItStartsWithAttraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to ItStartsWithAttraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. This week on It Starts With Attraction. So if my marriage is lost, my spouse has divorced me or I've divorced them, it's final, the divorce is there. What keeps you stuck is not the loss. If it is the loss of your marriage that keeps you stuck, you're in a bad shape. I mean, you're in bad shape because, mm-hmm. right, it, it, because you can't change that right now. You can't change it. So what does keep us stuck, I have to identify what it does, and it's unresolved resentments or regrets. There's a process to falling in love, and it starts with attraction. Join Kimberly Beam Holmes and her special guests as they discuss how to become the most attractive you can be, physically, intellectually, emotionally, and spiritually, or as we refer to it, working on your pies. We'll teach you how to have better relationships and become more attractive to others, and maybe more importantly, to yourself. It starts with attraction, and it starts now. I'm joined today by David Matthews. David is one of my dear friends, love him and his wife, Debbie, dearly. But he also is the founder of an organization called Spark of Life. And at Spark of Life, they work with people who have experienced lots of types of grief, especially the, or I guess I should say, they've worked with people who've experienced many different types of losses. And with that loss, encouraging people that grief is a healthy next step to do. And I so, I so admire David and Debbie and the work that they do and the work that they continue to do to help people. And so I really wanted to have him on the show to specifically talk about divorce and what happens, what is happening in a person in their mind, in their heart, once they've experienced a divorce and how do they begin to make changes to begin to live forward and not feel so stuck in in what divorce can cause a person to feel towards themselves. So David, long introduction, but it's only because I love you so much and have so many great things to yeah. say about you. Yeah. Thank you well, for thank coming you, on Kimber. today. Well, you're welcome. It's great to be on and talking about a subject dear to my heart, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know dear to your heart, people who are hurting and trying to do whatever we can to help, to walk beside Mm -hmm. people that are devastated Mm -hmm. in spirit a lot. And of course, divorce is one of those things. Mm -hmm. And our grief recovery work, it's, we have dealt with hundreds of people, hundreds who have gone through the divorce uh, Mm -hmm. situation and, uh, they're just devastated for lots of reasons, even if it's their choice to divorce. Maybe they're the ones that wanted the divorce. They're still devastated, many that we deal with. So I, I really appreciate the opportunity to come uh, walk beside you guys and, and maybe help some people along the way. That's our goal. Mm, so. Absolutely. Let me start with asking you this question, David. Why is a divorce so hard for people to process and so hard for people to move on from? You know, shattered dreams shatter us. <laughs> shattered mm-hmm. dreams just shatter us. 
I don't know many people who walk down the aisle or however they they got married that uh, said, okay, someday we're going to be shattered and not love each other or, or act like we don't love each other or our marriage will end. Now, our dreams are so, um, it, we're just excited about the future with this person, right? And we've dreamed about this. Uh, and, and I don't think it, there's any less or greater devastation for males or females in this because we've, uh, you know, we've mm-hmm. dealt with both, of course. But I think shattered dreams are so hard to get through. And then it, if I, it, it's regret, right? And mm-hmm. you have two, there's two things of regret and resentment. And the regret is if I'd have only done something different, maybe we wouldn't be here. Maybe he or she would not have left, or maybe our marriage would not be in such bad shape. Uh, so you have deep regrets about if I'd have only done something different. So along with that comes what is wrong with me, uh, I'm to blame. I have my value, my self-value goes to the toilet, if I can say that. And uh, so this self-doubt can take over, which affects other relationships of life. So you have this uh, snowball effect of loss of of your marriage with now all these other factors like children and and struggles with children, uh, struggles with your social life. It it just affects all parts of your life, but really inwardly about who the heck am I? I'm just the biggest screw up in the world. And we we all struggle with that anyway, right? We struggle with, I'm not good enough. Um, You know, I I come from a Christian background and that's just the number one thing I get. I got all the time was I'm not good enough. I'm just not good enough. Uh, It's kind of like uh, the old Psalm. I know my sins and they're ever before me. Well, Dave Matthews knows his sins. Dave Matthews knows I'm a screw up. So if I go through a, a marriage shakeup and and then the, a marriage ending, it's very easy to pile on yourself. And along with that, it's very easy to pile on your ex-spouse, right? So you you have these two dynamics and they can get real lopsided, like it's all my spouse's fault or it's all my fault. Most of us know that it's probably both. Right. And I, I've dealt with a couple of of of, of I say a couple uh, of marriages that went through divorce that it probably was all one person's fault. <laughs> OK, in a real um, toxic situation that somebody really needed to get away from that person. I think we've all dealt with people like that. But in most marriages we deal with, it's not all one person's fault. Uh but sometimes it's one person that wants the divorce and the, and the other person doesn't. So what I'm saying, it's real easy, I think, to pile on yourself and, and or to pile on your ex-spouse. To, you know, that dynamic creates tremendous problems in other relationships and the family structure and social structure and all that. You know, I think that's one of the reasons of, of shattered dreams. It, it is like a death. It's a death of a relationship. Uh, you know, we don't compare losses when we deal with uh, those who are grieving. All loss sucks and stinks and, and hurts. Uh, but that's why we think it's so important for those who've gone through a divorce to understand the relationship between divorce and grief, that this is a loss. This is a right. major loss, even if you want it, even if you push for it. Uh, it's a major, huge loss because of this destruction shattering of your dreams that you had for so many years and now it's it's gone 
Mm. It's very tough. And then you have to live with it, right? You have to live with the consequences and there's constant triggers, constant triggers. You never get far away from it, you know, right? So we've just seen when we, we context the divorce in, a, in, in the grief context, it really helps because then I, I can approach it from a grief thing, a, a grief thing. And fundamental number one, there's nothing wrong with you. <laughs> You're grieving. Okay. Fundamental number one, that propels me to get up, wash my face as it is, live forward with my pain. Uh, not ignoring the pain and not denying the pain, not denying my screw ups or his or her screw ups, dealing honestly with it, but having a foundation that allows me to get up and live forward as opposed to existing forward. Uh, so that's why I think it's so tough. You know, I could go on all day. So, I mean, I, I know, I'm waiting David. for you. Yeah. <laughs> You're just waiting for me to, to butt in and say something. Well, yeah. but I just, I, I so appreciate the way that you approach talking about grief. And I remember several years ago now when you and I really started talking about this together and doing more collaboration, it fundamentally changed the way that I viewed a lot of issues that I was having that had occurred in my marriage, you know, and just other people, friends and family, right? Because the way that you talk about grief is it, it you have a definition. I'm going to butcher it if I try to say it, but it is a change in an expected behavior or, or an expected routine of life. How Say it the way that you say it. Well, we, we get this from different sources, obviously. I don't want to steal people's, but the definition mm-hmm. that grief is conflicting feelings caused by an end of or a change in a familiar way of living. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah. I've often said this, if if one of my kids die and they're all grown and, and gone out of the home, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster. It's terrible. It's awful. Uh, but if my wife dies or my wife leaves me, my daily routine is all changed. Everything's changed mm-hmm. on a daily basis. Everything. Obviously, I hope to die and, yeah. and Debbie helps to die before our kids. I'm not saying that. But I think when right. you have a change in a familiar way of living, even if it's your mm-hmm. choice, yeah. it's a shock to the system. And then mm-hmm. and so so in, in divorce, for example, and we all know this, it's a long process. It's it's very it's very weird or, or unusual for it to be, okay, you're in a happy marriage the next day, divorce. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bam. No, it's a it's a process of conflict and and mm-hmm. hurt and pain and then maybe trying reconciliation. All that stuff goes with it. It could last for years, right? But you're yeah. still together. But when the divorce happens and then and obviously it's different in different cases, but the change in a familiar pattern of behavior is over. I, I had I had her or him. Now they're not here. So it's so similar to death uh, because it is death. It's death of a relationship. It's death of a familiar pattern of, of behavior. And so. And death of a dream. Like you death said earlier, of a dream. death of that oh, expectation. Yeah, yeah that mm-hmm. expectation. And, and it shatters you. And then you feel like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And then you throw it back. I talked to a guy yesterday that came to Marriage Helper Workshop and his divorce is not now final. He did everything right. Mm-hmm. He did everything right. That doesn't mean he's blameless, mm-hmm. uh, but he just called and we've become good friends. And, and, you know, I was his coach for a long time. And anyway, he it's over. It, it, the, the marriage is over. She refuses to be all this six years, six years. 
of going through and, and they've been separated emotionally and sometimes physically for six years. Mm-hmm. But now the divorce is final just this past week. Mm-hmm. And he called uh, just and it's such a great illustration of what we're just saying. <laughs> Even though it's been a long process, the finality of it, yeah. kind of the hope is gone for the marriage. You know, the hope is out when he held on to hope. Yeah. And I think that would relate to a lot of our listeners. You know, you, you hold on to hope. The divorce is final. And we all know there could be miracles even in that situation. But really holding on to that hope can be very toxic for you and keep you from moving on, even though there's always that little bit of element of hope. And we know cases, right? I know cases, five years, divorce, remarriage. And we want to give people that hope. But on the other hand, <laughs> on the other hand, you have got to live forward which really increases your odds, right, of, of having a better outcome. But I've got to admit, yeah. hey, it's over. And that's a tough one, right? That's the tough This one. is but, such a tough one, David. I, <laughs> I have so many questions I want to ask you about this yep. too, right? Because the, I'm, I am in existence, literally. My life is in existence because of a marriage that was put together after three years of divorce, Right. So clearly I believe there's always hope, but then there's this tension on the other side of it of, um, you know, at marriage helper, sometimes people will say to us, but like, when is it false hope? When do I need to move on after the divorce is final? Cause they, they may kind of hang on of a story like my mom and dad's yeah, and just yeah. keep waiting for that even after divorce. And it's really hard to live in that balance. It's really hard to live in that tension. So yeah. what, what would you tell people in that? So what is that balance? How do you live forward and maintain hope or when should you give up hope? Oh, that's a fine line. I'm, I'm interested to see what you say. Yeah, I would say yes and no. Yeah, yes, you should give up hope. No, you should not. Okay, and by that, I mean, and I tell people. <laughs> you can fight both sides. <laughs> yeah, you can. And it's kind of like, can God make a rock so big that he cannot lift it? Philosophic questions about God. I always say, yes, of course he can. And, and no, of course he cannot. Okay, and no, so there's, and no, he there's would not. Yeah. yeah, and no, he would not. Uh, but. I think I think you can reframe it into a, a both and. OK. And, mm-hmm. and like I'm working with let's say I'm working with a couple I used to coach, you know, as you know, for marriage helper and still do the workshops. But uh, this mm-hmm. happened often. And of course, I would say this because I got it, I think, from probably Melody or maybe, you know, one of the people that work at marriage helper. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I work on my pies and I'm, I'm in a I'm in a marriage, let's say, and the, the spouse does not want to be married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always told my people, my people, my clients, uh, when you get to the point where you're working on your pies, not to get them back, but because that's what you have to do in a healthy way for you to live forward. You're, and you get to the point where if they called you and said, would you please, t- uh, take me back? And you would say, I don't know. My life is going well. <laughs> when you get to that point, that's a good thing. That's a healthy recovery because you cannot live your life based upon what the other person may or may not do. That's giving up control to the other person. It, this isn't a punishment thing for, for me to say, no, I won't take them back. Uh, I, I'm going to get even with you. No, it's not that. It's that. Let me think through this. 
So if it's a divorce situation, I use, I would use, and we have used the exact same teaching that we do in Marriage Helper and the exact same teaching we do at Spark of Life. It's exactly the same. All you can do is all you can do. And all you can do is enough. And that statement, in fact, this guy I talked to yesterday, he said that one statement he keeps going back to. And it's helped him through his divorce and through this whole messy situation. What else can he do but work on himself? What else can he do but get up and wash his face? Yeah. So anyway, that's that's how I would answer it. So is there a hope? Yeah, but uh, we we yeah, there's there's a hope I'll win the lotto. I, okay. So, I mean, but I, I'm not saying it's that. Is there David? Yeah, that's that's maybe I shouldn't use that analogy or that. <laughs> but but really, there I can't focus on that. I need to focus. Yeah. There is hope for Dave Matthews to live forward, to have mm-hmm. a productive life, a really good life for me to work through the pain and actually not let my past define me, but let it propel me, mm-hmm. let it propel me. That's mm-hmm. the focus, not on not on. Is there a one in a hundred chance? Yeah. I have people even ask me, what do you think the odds are mm-hmm. <laughs> of my spouse? And even those who are divorced, what what's the odd? Yeah. I, well, there's no way I can. I can say that, but I'll right. tell you what the odds are good that you can live forward. Yeah. That you can make healthy decisions that you can complete those incompletes of regrets and resentments. Mm. That's what you can do. Mm. And let's, let's focus on that. Right. Let's and you know, that. that's what, that's what my mom did. All, that's exactly I mean, what she did. Mid 1980s. So this was all pre-marriage offer, yeah. but this yeah. was, she, she got a job. She had been a, stay-at-home mom her whole life. But when they got divorced, she got a job. She worked on herself. She took her life in her own hands. They still had a great co-parenting relationship from everything they've both said to me, especially my mom. But she started dating again, right? Like she, and thankfully she didn't, she was moving on. Thankfully, by the time my dad came back around, she had not gotten remarried yet. Like that, that just happened to be the hand of God in the situation, um, because she was doing everything that you were saying. She was figuring out how everything. to move on. She forgave him. She was strong in herself. And when he asked, will you take me back? She said, you have to give me a couple of weeks to think about this. Perfect. Yeah. It, it, and I always go back to your mom's illustration and dad's too on that because she mm-hmm. had she given up hope on the marriage in a way she had it, that wasn't her focus anymore. It was for the first year, well, right. right? For the first year or two. But then mm-hmm. she 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 said, I, I can't live like this. And mm-hmm. had she had she quote and I had, had she held on to that hope. And I'm putting my fingers together if you, you can't see this on a podcast. But if she if she held, holds on to that hope to the extent that all her life is focused on getting Joe back. Yes. He probably wouldn't have even come back. <laughs> I think, right. Yep. That's it. That is the nail on the head. That's the nail it on is. the head. You're not. You're not putting all your hope in this one person or in this yes, one relationship. Yes. You're putting your hope fu- in yeah. something bigger and greater that you work towards. And if this happens to come back around, awesome. Praise, yes, right? Awesome. Like That's amazing. If you but both want it, right? Yeah. If you both want it, that's it. Yeah. That's it. Well, so you, and it's like focus illusion, right? It's like focus mm-hmm. illusion. That one thing yeah. or one person can, but anyway, go ahead. You had a question. You mentioned something uh, just a minute ago about, um, Something about resentment or what was it you were just talking about? Well, the incompletes of resentment and regret. What's that? 
people stay stuck through a grief situation, a loss. And remember, we're talking primarily about divorce because mm -hmm. of unresolved conflict. Mm -hmm. Something in the past, uh, and that's why everything's in context. That's why it's so important uh, when we we do this divorce recovery workshop that I know we'll get to, you know, later. But mm -hmm. it's so important uh, in our and, and we have a a webinar coming up, right? And you'll talk about that. But it's so important to put divorce in the context of grief and then what keeps people stuck. Yes. The loss does not keep people stuck. Most people think it's the loss that keeps them stuck. So if my marriage is lost, my spouse has divorced me or I've divorced them, it's final. The divorce is there. What keeps you stuck is not the loss. If it is the loss, of your marriage that keeps you stuck, you're in a bad shape. I mean, you're in bad shape because, hmm. right? It, it, because you can't change that right now. You can't change it. So what does keep us stuck? I have to identify what it does and it's unresolved resentments or regrets. Regrets are what I did that hurt the relationship. Resentments are what they did that hurt the relationship. And Ooh. it fits perfectly with divorce. So, mm -hmm. so in, in divorce, even yeah. even if you're still married and you are separated, I mean, this applies to any situation. But in divorce, if if I hold on to my resentments toward my spouse for all that they did to me, then what happens is that becomes my life. Yeah. And I'm consumed with bitterness. Yes. Uh, and, 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 and let's do a survey of, of people who have been through that and now see it and how it hurt their relationship with their kids, with their grandkids with their friends if they're consumed with bitterness. So I did a divorce recovery group for three years in Flint, Michigan, three years, every Wednesday night. Uh, people flocked to that. We put a sign out front. We had a busy, you know, big old church and it was a sign out front divorce recovery uh, group Wednesdays at seven o'clock or six o'clock. And we had 200 people come over the period of three years, at least maybe 300. Okay. They would, and most people would come for seven, eight, nine weeks, get healthy or and move on. But we had six people that didn't. Six people stuck around for three years. Wow. Yeah. And I was ignorant. I just got my master's in uh, counseling and we had moved to Michigan and I wanted to, you know, I had all these groups going on and uh, it was crazy. I learned never do an unending support group, uh, you know, <laughs> no ending. Number Moral one, never. The story. I, I never do it. it. It's unhealthy. It's unhealthy. Yeah. yeah. They get dependent. Uh, have a specific start date, of course, and a specific end date. Mm. And then get those people out of there. <laughs> they need to live forward. Live forward. And, and some might need some more help and some might need therapy, um, right? Things like that. Right. Right. But we had these six people that stayed and I told Debbie, I said, they're unhealthy. For one thing, it's all mm -hmm. about how bad their spouses are every week. Mm -hmm. They were consumed with resentment. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying the spouses didn't hurt them. Yeah. The spouses did hurt them. Yeah. They have every right to express that, but not for three years. It's not healthy. It's not healthy yeah. for a year. I mean, you know, I have no time frame on that, but it's not healthy to stay stuck in resentment. So we teach people how to let go of that resentment in a healthy way which includes forgiveness, right? Mm. And, and forgiveness is a huge deal. So it includes that. But if I, if I, have, a, if I have resentment, and I've, I've heard people say, oh, I've forgiven her. 
or him, right? Ex-spouse. And then all their talk is about them, how, how bad they are. Yeah. We've got to right. shift out of that. We, we got to give permission for people to express that, those resentments uh, in a healthy way, but then give them tools to progress out of that and to tie up the loose ends and to let go of it. So we actually have exercises and uh, specific things that people, and we know this in Marriage Helper, people need specific things that they can grab hold on. Yes. And that's why the concept of pies is so great in it. I mean, I mean, just look at, isn't it? Who came up with that? Was that Dr. Beam or was that you, Kimberly? Pies. No, no, it was for sure Dr. Beam. (laughs) I'm just the one that said, you know what? This is fantastic. We should do more on it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. And I always joke around in the workshops. Well, here's another pie thing, you know, like attachment style pies. But, and I say, this is chocolate pie and others, lemon cream, pie, you know, lemon, <laughs> coconut cream. But but pies is, is the same concept. So we, mm-hmm. we give people specific, tangible things they do to let go of the resentments to complete yeah. them. So, for example, if my mother got drunk every night mm-hmm. from sixth grade through 12th grade, did that affect my marriage? Well, yeah. Yeah, it did, because I had unresolved conflict with my mother. It's in unfinished business, mm-hmm. and I had resentments toward her, and I loved her, right? I had conflicting feelings, but I, I I, never expressed it. I never dealt with it. I had to let go of it so it could free me in present relationships, right? And, and same, even though she's been dead for years, I had to let go of that. I had to, mm-hmm. same thing with regrets. Regrets, what I did that hurt the relationship. So you just look at the divorce situation. That's why I say unbalanced you know, everything his or her fault, your ex's fault is unhealthy. Everything my fault is unhealthy. I need to forgive the resentments. I need to tie up the loose ends. I need to do all I can do. Uh, and then uh, mm-hmm. I need to deal with my regrets that I have, tie up those loose ends. When I do all I can do and there's nothing more I can do about a situation, I'm free. Hmm. I'm free. Uh, so what I did with my mom, I just went back and said, I wrote her a letter and said, I forgive you for getting drunk every night. Mm-hmm. And I told her how I felt when I was, she was drunk every night when I was growing up. And, uh, I had to forgive her. I had to, uh, so the tangible thing I did was write a letter to her. Some go to the grave if they're dead, if they're alive, I can still write a letter and not even send it to them. You know, things like that. There are tangible things people can do that when they do it, what more can you do? Yeah. That's what we mean by tying up the loose ends. Yeah. When I've done all I can do, I'm free. Now, do I still have pain when I see my ex? Do I still have pain if they're with somebody else and they get married to somebody else? Of course I do. That's called grief. That's Mm -hmm. natural and normal. I I still have those. I'll have triggers, right? Uh, I think I heard you say some 25% of men, uh, the divorce statistic that you talked about, do you remember mm-hmm. that you were doing your research? 25% of men who are divorced, what? Fathers? Yeah. twenty-five per, After a divorce happens, 25% of fathers after one year will no longer be present in their children's lives. Yeah. So some of my clients have been through that, you know, through Marriage Helper. My my husband, I, I remember one, my husband used to go to the uh, every kid's ball game and he started having an affair and then you know they went through marriage all that stuff and then they ended up divorcing she's still a client you know she was a client he doesn't even come to the ball games anymore david so that's a year later two years later yeah. so those are constant triggers 
Yeah. That's why, you know, divorce is so devastating for, for a lot of those reasons, right? It, it just keeps, it's the gift that keeps on giving, right? It just, um, negative the gift, gift that keeps on taking. Yeah. Uh, taking. And didn't I, didn't I hear you say before that divorce can be one of the hardest to process because it was someone's choice. So unlike yes. a death loss where like yeah. typically the person did not choose to die. Right. Right. Then, but in this one, like, Someone made a choice. Yeah, they made a choice to reject you. Yeah. Gosh, that's... Not just a, you know, Mm. you're not good enough is the message people hear, right? Yeah. And we've heard it. You've heard it. I've heard it. uh, Mm -hmm. And the devastation on the other end of the line or the Zoom call, you know, with divorce, uh, Mm -hmm. it's... And then you have the finances, see, can be triggers. Uh, I don't have enough money. You know, you just name it. It just, it just keeps on going. That's what makes this divorce thing as tough a major loss as they're out there. You know, we don't compare losses, but we don't need to minimize the pain of divorce. Yeah. We, and we don't need to maximize it. And, and there's the balance, right? We accept yeah. it, but we can yell against it. That's normal. We can express our feelings and, and that's what we want to do in the divorce recovery workshops and, and all that stuff is to help mm-hmm. people do that. Uh, permission to grieve, permission to recover. You know, the two found, foundational points that really can propel all of us to live forward with uh, unimaginable uh, uh, positive life, right? After or you know, after a devastating thing that just rocks me to the very core of my being, and that's what divorce does. It just it just sucks all the goodness out of people for a while, mm-hmm. self worth and all that. Mm-hmm. And I know there's going to be listeners that that can really relate to that, really mm-hmm. relate. Absolutely. And and we're with you. We want you to know we're with you. We're, we're, we we want to walk with you if you want us to walk with you, and we want to mm-hmm. help help you to live forward through your pain. We can't take away your pain, but we can certainly help people live forward with, uh, with those strategies. The philosophy of marriage helper is exactly the same th- philosophy in the grief. It's, it's just exact. It works. So you and I were talking, I don't even know how long ago now, a couple months, several months, maybe even yeah. a year. And, and what we began to notice was that there were several people after they would go to a marriage helper workshop mm-hmm. uh, or even before they would go to a marriage helper workshop who mm-hmm. realized, man, I, I need to process some losses. Right. And then right. specifically, you know, of course at marriage helper, our goal is save the marriage if at all possible. Right. right. But we also know that there are some that don't make it. And so yeah. what do we do? How can we continue to support and love on those people who are experiencing right. all these things that you and I have talked right. about? And and so that's when you and I really started dreaming and collaborating on, could there be a workshop that you do through what you do a Spark of Life with mm-hmm. this loss and grief recovery and really have it tailor focused for people who have experienced divorce or are in the yeah. middle of experiencing a divorce? Yeah. And 
So that is the divorce recovery workshop that David's alluded to a couple of times. And so we we are launching a, a partnership together in really being able to focus on this divorce healing part of the process. So for those of you listening the day that this podcast drops, we are doing a webinar on June 29th. And you can go to marriagehelper.com slash living forward. You can sign up for that webinar or wherever you're listening to this podcast, you should be able to see the show notes and go there to sign up for it as well. But maybe you're listening to this podcast a couple of weeks later, you can still go to marriagehelper.com slash living forward to get information about this divorce recovery workshop. And the latest information will be on that page, no matter when you happen to be listening to this episode. But David, I love the stories that I've been able to hear from you, where you have had a person come through your work from your retreats that you do, mm-hmm. and they have experienced divorce and the the transformation that's been able to happen for these people. Can you share a story with us about someone that that has experienced divorce and the change that's happened in them because of what Spark of Life yeah. was able to do for them? Yes, uh, I will share you a story that's recent, and she will probably be at this workshop that we're going to do later. You know, mm-hmm. uh, she will be there, and she will probably be trained to do to really help in these. She was married for about twenty five years, and uh, uh, really believed in marriage. She highly valued marriage. Her 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 beliefs and values was marriage was a covenant with God, you know, it's, and she went through hell for 23 years. Uh, not physical abuse, but e- e- enormous emotional abuse. She comes to a, a spark retreat, spark of life grief retreat. And we serve, if it's in person, we serve the people. Okay. We serve them. We carry their bags in. When I carried her bag in, she said, no, I've got to do it. Uh, no man has ever done anything nice for me. Okay. So then we, mm-hmm. at the dinner table, uh, one of our helpers that was there, another couple helped us do that retreat. We're actually putting the plate down before them. If, if it's not a buffet type thing, if it is, we, we pick up the plates and take it to the kitchen. We say, you can't pick up your own plate. When uh, Dennis went to pick up her plate after the first meal on on that particular retreat was Thursday night. She said, no, I, I can't let you do it. And I was there and I said, Dana, we can let you can let us do it because it's a rule. You must let us do it. She started, <laughs> she started crying. And in the group that night, when talking about her divorce, she said her husband had never one time done anything kind to her. Now, this is an extreme case, right? But she was so beaten down and she was such a beautiful person inside out, uh, such a sweet spirit. Uh, it was very hard for her to get over. I am a worthless pile of, you know what? She needed to divorce this guy. Okay. I mean, she needed to, but she didn't. And then he divorced her. Uh, but even though she had every right to get the divorce, even from a strict religious situation in her from her mm-hmm. beliefs and values, she still felt worthless. It was still if I had only been a better person and she was a good person and is a good person. 
by Sunday at the retreat, she was totally different. She had worth because what she was experiencing was deep grief all the way through her marriage. See, it was a continuous loss of being disrespected. Yeah, people, we've seen people change, but both, when both people change, right? You know, we've seen, but this case, he didn't change. He didn't, he did not. And she was not perfect, but she felt so devalued for 20 something years that she couldn't even let a man take a plate back to the kitchen. But she finally did. And when she did and she told the group about it and started crying, it was such a release. And even by by Friday, as we got into details of specific things to do and Saturday, you know, she had to complete resentments toward him. She had to she had to she had to go through the process of doing that. And she did. And then she went through the process of any regrets she had. She had to be honest with how she had failed. And then by Sunday, she is just a different person, wants to work with Spark. Right wants to help others, just like people at Marriage Helper want to, you know, they, they want to help others when they get that help. We've seen that so many times. She's just the most recent, most dramatic. I talked to her. Uh, I emailed her yesterday. She emailed back. She wants to help with the divorce thing because she is mm-hmm. living proof. And by the way, working on transforming the material to divorce specific, I've been working on that literally for about two months. I thought I could get it done in a week, <laughs> but, but I am so excited. <laughs> no, I'm so excited about the material because it's, it has been through the ringer of, of trial for, uh, since yeah. 2009. Okay. Since we've been doing this yeah. work with grief and we know it works. It, we know it works. Yeah. A- and I'm excited because the divorce angle it's so real and it's so needed. And, and this is hope for people to have something they can hold on to and use for the rest of their lives. It's not, it's just not going to be a, it's just not a three day deal and it's, it's over, right? It's, it's like the marriage workshop. It's not just three days and it's over. It's three days for mm-hmm. a beginning, a new beginning to live forward with hope for the future. And my life is not mm-hmm. over and there are good days ahead. And sometimes yeah. I, and I make this statement all the time, feeling helpless and hopeless does not mean you're helpless and hopeless. It means you feel it. There's a difference between emotions and thoughts. And yeah. so I'm excited. I'm excited about the possibility. I hope people give it a shot here. Uh, but I, I know it can help people. I know it can help people live forward. I'm excited about it too. And what what I want to make sure that people understand is a lot of times people just, they feel like, just tell me what to do or let me like, what can I read or what can I just listen to? That's going to fix this. But what is so different about what the marriage helper workshop is, but that's not what we're talking about right now. We're talking about this divorce recovery retreat that y'all do, but for both of them, it's a transformational experience. You cannot get the same outcome or benefit by just like reading something and trying to do it on your own. And especially for what y'all do in this divorce recovery retreat, it, 
like you have people do the work. You have them really process things in real time. The community aspect of it plays a mm-hmm. huge part in right. to just the psychological benefits of what happens mm-hmm. and and honestly to the ongoing transformation for the person. And so yeah. this webinar that we're going to do, we're going to be talking about some things and giving some and giving some quick things that people can maybe focus on, but the webinar is not the goal. The webinar is really just a chance for people to join, listen, get to know you you better and Mm -hmm. see, is this the next step that I want to take for me? Our hope is yes, that you take this Mm -hmm. next step Mm -hmm. and and experience this divorce recovery retreat because it is going to be a a pivotal part of your healing journey and you need to heal. Yeah. And, you know, I've been asked to give, you know, give testimonies of people kind of like you just asked. And there's so many. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it's unending. Mm -hmm. And the deal is community is the key there. Right. It it, I read a book Mm -hmm. and it's one thing I read a book that says I'm I'm, I'm not worthless. Okay, I'm not worthless. But Mm -hmm. I feel worthless (laughs) and I'm not against books. I've I've written a couple and I'm I'm writing. I've, I've got about three more I'm writing. But I mean, as books are good. But when you combine those principles that have been proven to work with real people who have been there and then with a community that's not going to support the fact that you're that you're worthless, they're not going to support that. They're going to support that you are worthy. And how do you do that Mm -hmm. when somebody says, "I, I screwed up my marriage? I, you know, blah, blah, blah. Even if you're the cause, if you're one of the causes, which most people, you know, both. But. Okay, from affairs to whatever you've done and the other person listens and doesn't throw rocks at you, then they verify that you're not crazy. You're a flawed human being. Right. But they, they've accepted not the bad behavior if you had bad behavior. And and when you say I've had people say, I hate my ex-spouse. I hate them. Mm-hmm. So when they say that, what do we say? Do we say, oh, you shouldn't hate them? No. We say, I'm so sorry you're hurting so deeply. That yeah. validates somebody's feeling. They don't want to hate anybody, but they feel it. It's the same way with God. And, and, and you know, we can go there forever. But those feelings that I have does not mean I'm a terrible person. I'm a, I'm a normal human being who, when my whole self-worth has been challenged by, you know, this marriage thing that failed, the divorce, I need somebody to say, hey, you're still a person of worth. I'm sorry for your pain. Let's walk together in this. I'm not going to condemn you for having those feelings. And that's so freeing. And you can only get that in community, right? You, you, you can't get it just reading a book. You, you've got to be have a group or a person or somebody that, that's going to listen, as we say with the heart, with two ears, no mouth, no nose. <laughs> just, I mean, I mean, you can have a, a nose and two ears, but no <laughs> mouth. Yeah, right. You can have a mouth. I mean, no mouth. So in other words, just listen and validate. Listen and validate. I've, I've got I've got uh, Kimberly all shook up here uh, laughing about my <laughs> lack of communicative, communicative skills. Uh, as I say, I make my living through words and that's why we're in debt. Okay, That's a joke. Okay. So, but anyway, validation is so important and somebody not mm-hmm. to you know, not to tell you what to do, but somebody to walk with you and encourage you 
uh, and, and that fundamental point, that webinar, we're going to talk about that in more detail, you know, things like this Absolutely. on that webinar. Absolutely. So. Okay, David. So as we wrap up this I'm, podcast, we focus a lot on the pies, which you've already mentioned a lot. Yeah. So what is maybe one or a couple of things that you would encourage people that are experiencing divorce or living on the other side of it to do in their pies as they're experiencing this. Okay. I'll give you an old tried, but true that a lot of people use, but I've, it is, uh, I have to change, uh, in little steps, little Mm. steps, little, small, I cannot climb to the mountaintop today. And I'm surrounded by Alaskan mountains in the Kenai River as we speak. Uh, I can't climb to the top of the mountain today, but I can take a step. And what I've we found most hopeful is, especially in divorce, when my whole psyche, if I can say that, has been shattered, right? Mm-hmm. I've got to force myself intentionally to focus on what I have, not on what I've lost. Okay, I've got to switch the focus from what I've lost to what I have. It's the old thing of counting your blessings. It's the whole thing of that. We do not mean do not deal with your pain. Don't act as if it's wrong to have pain. No, in your pain, force yourself and take, I I say take two minutes a day. I did it yesterday. I need to do it today. Uh, Two minutes at the most. One thing you're thankful for today that you have. Uh, yeah. and one positive experience from the last 24 hours. And then one email in our, in our world, one email to a tough friend to encourage them. It can, but if you take Ooh, 30 minutes to do that, you are going to stop doing it. So that's why we say a minute to two minutes max. We actually have this as part of our, that's what I've been working on the divorce recovery aspect of this, uh, the tangible thing, but that's at the end of the, but this is so important to start focusing on what I have, not just what I've lost. It does not mean don't think about what you've lost because you're in grief. It's okay. Focus on a little thing. What do I still have that I'm thankful for? And, uh, uh, you know, like this woman that I told you about earlier that at the, at the grief thing, she focused on what she had and that was her good friends that were there for her. And she said, I'm thankful for my friends. And she wrote it and we have a gratitude journal. You write it down, right? It takes five Mm -hmm. seconds. Positive experience last 24 hours, whatever. There's got to be one thing Mm -hmm. in your life that's positive. Maybe you have a child that you love, right? Uh, Maybe they said they love you. Maybe you have a friend that called on you and then take one minute and encourage somebody else. We got to start getting life words into people. That's what happens at workshops. It, it, life words into people. And what it does is it, when I experience loss, I'm, I've got a circle here and I'll make this quick. The loss, in this case, divorce is the loss. So you have divorce in this circle and all arrows are pointed toward that divorce. Okay. It, and, and because it's a grief, it, it's terrible. All right. So you have four arrows pointed. So how do you get out of that? That's okay to have four arrows pointed into the divorce because it consumes your life for a while, but you can't stay there. So, you know, you can't stay with all focus being on what you've lost, the person you lost, the marriage you lost. Try one thing, one thing arrows out. 
I'm grateful for my child or my children. Uh, the last 24 hours, a good friend called and we went out for coffee. Uh, and then the, the key is doing something for somebody else. But you've got to keep it. Don't bake a pie and, and take it to people every day. You're not going to do that. If you want to bake a pie, take it to yeah. me. That's great. But don't. <laughs> but one thing, one thing. So so I, I, I emailed. I emailed a buddy, my, my buddy Lyle. And I, I just, I just want to tell you, I love you, man. Thanks for being my friend. He, he came back and he's just crying. It took me 22 seconds to do that email. All that does is help me balance my perspective, right? It's not all about what I've lost. I have to deal with that, not negating that, but that's, that's my little tidbit for the, the day for people. That's so good. So what I heard was... Okay. You take small steps, the smallest, the smallest minuscule step that you can, that still moves you forward. And, and some ways that you can do that is focus on one good thing that's happened in the past 24 hours, a positive experience, three good, three things that you're thankful for that are still in your life. Well, I said one thing, but you can do three if you want. Or yeah. you could do half of one because that's the small step. You could step. do half of one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Or And or sending an email or a text message to a yeah. friend just telling them that you appreciate them. That's simple. That's just simple. think if you did that every day. And yeah. and research, and this is going to be part of our, our divorce recovery uh, workshop that we're going to do later, and even our online stuff, <laughs> research has shown the power of what we just said. There is so many mm-hmm. studies on it. Uh, and mm-hmm. I, I just like the concept. Life cannot be focused on what we've lost all the time. I've got to start also appreciating what I have not lost, what I still have. That balances yeah. us. Yeah. Okay. Ep- episode episode 91 of It Starts With Attraction for listeners, we talked okay. about how to rewire your brain using gratitude. Wow. And so I talk in there about the science and research of gratitude and how oh, to that's good. do some We might have read the same stuff. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of yeah, science out there. Great yep. minds think alike, David. <laughs> they do sometimes. <laughs> they, they do. do. <laughs> Okay. okay. So the key takeaways, the key takeaways here is number one, go to marriagehelper.com slash living forward. And you can get information either about the webinar, a free training, so to say a free class where we're, we're going to dive in a bit more into how you can start living forward after divorce, but we are not going to be able to give you the transformation that you're looking for that would be found and will be found in the divorce recovery retreats that Marriage Helper is partnering with Spark of Life, which is David and his wife Debbie's company and organization that they have founded. We're partnering together and bringing you this divorce recovery workshop, which you can also find out more about by going to marriagehelper.com slash living forward. But for those of you, and I know my listeners, you love those key takeaways, things that you can do. You heard what David said, you start small, and start by, by focusing on these good things. One good thing that's happened the past 24 hours, one thing that you're thankful for, and maybe sending one text or email to a friend to show your appreciation and gratitude for them. And it really is amazing how that can begin to change your outlooks and even change the way that your mind is wired. So David, thank you so, so much for being on 
You're welcome. Appreciate everything you do. You too. You too. Bless blessings from Debbie and me to you guys.